Stage two, Paris Nice. Bazonville is the uh, départ, 163.7 kilometers all the way to Fontainebleau, skirting to the south and then the southeast of Paris. We still haven't left the shadow of the great capital city. Relatively straightforward day, very, very flat. Two categorized climbs along the way. The Côte des Granges Le Roi and the Côte de Merville. One rider out front all on his own. And it was Uno X's Jonas Gregor, Jonas Gregor, who the uh, race organization continued to call Jonas Wisley for reasons best known to themselves even though I managed to call him in the commentary today, Jonas Wingegaard, on two separate occasions, forcing the producers to edit everything out. In the end, though, with a little bit of tailwind and a little bit of crosswind, absolutely nothing happened until the final two or three kilometres of the stage, in, at which point absolutely everything happened, and I managed to misidentify rider after rider after rider, including the rider who actually won the race. I managed to call him Arnaud Delis uh, before I uh, very swiftly corrected myself and said it's Maz Pedersen. It's very close on the end. Pedersen and wins it. Pedersen takes the lead in Paris-Nice. And Magnus Tristan Court got third. And Magnus Court got third. That was quite surprising. And EF were riding hard. Who was hard. the EF um, guy in fifth? Uh, that would have been uh, Vandenberg, I think. Marius Vandenberg. Yeah. Mm -hmm. who's, well, they kind of got two sprinty types. I didn't even notice yeah. that. They were riding yeah. pretty hard. They were doing good lead out. Yeah. They were looking at really organised. I know. Thought really that straight away. Like the whole, the last 15 kilometres, they were... More organised than the sprinters' teams. Yeah. yeah, 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 way more organised. Like, oh look, it's always strange to get like a fifth and a third, isn't it? Yeah, it is. We're just watching because um, obviously we have the footage. We're in the commentary box still, and uh, Tali Pogac is on his TT bike, cooling down behind the podium. Oh yeah, yeah. How good yeah. was he today, Tade Pogac? Yeah, he's enjoying so this, isn't good. he? He's Intermediate so sprint. Like Michael Matthews couldn't even come well, close to him. Actually, Sean Kelly was saying that he thought Matthews. Just let him have it. I was watching it and I was no. watching Matthews no. and his facial expressions and there was no way. No way. The front shot. It. He was like trying yeah. so hard, Michael yeah, Matthews. Yeah. He was engaging sprint mode. Full yeah. sprint mode because he knows he can't win the final sprint so he may as well try and go for the jersey, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Not going to get that. I've got the... I've got the um, he led it out for like what, 300 meters. I know. He's yeah. so strong. I've got the top 10 in the sprints here. So Maz Pedersen won ahead of Olaf Coy. Know that, even though I miscalled it over the line. Magnus Court finished third, as you say, David. Dan McClay. Dan McClay. Popped up fourth place. A long wow. time since Dan's been that close to the front end of a Bloody world hell. tour sprint, actually. So good ride from him, riding for Arkea Samsic. And this one, I mean, with respect to this rider, thank God he didn't win, because there's no way on God's earth I would have been able to tell you that Lionel Tamignou of Alpecin de Koenig, had he won, would have won. He finished fifth. Michael Matthews was in sixth. Marin Vandenberg, which is a rider you were just talking about, Pete, uh, the second EF Education Easy Post. He was seventh in the end. Case Ball, the wonderful Case Ball. Uh, Mark Cavendish is now his lead out man. <laughs> He's sprinting on his own name at this race, was eighth. Alexis Renard from Cofidis, ninth. And Arnaud Demar, tenth place. Very good. But yeah. it was a bit of a kind of... By the way, Pedersen takes over the lead. I've said that already, didn't I? Yeah. Pete, as you were spectating in a non-professional, um, commentating, commentating way, yeah. what did you think of the stage? <laughs> I thought it was one of those stages where it's so bloody stressful to be a part of and so bloody boring to watch and commentate on because yep. it's just roadblock. Yeah. Like I messaged you guys, and I don't know if you read it. It's like classic 2015 Tour de France, where you have all the teams across the road, and to watch it looks like nothing's really going on. But when you're in there, it's just yeah, it's so intense. We did read the message, 
Pete. Uh, we did read the message in, while we, in a little break when we weren't commentating, and that prompted both of us to have to look, look up. blankly at each other first. We looked blankly because neither of us can remember that. I mean, th- we, neither of us can remember the first thing about the 2015 Tour de France. Nothing. I just remember the first week to 10 days of it being like from with 190k to go just across the road. Oh, and like me and Richie Port were like riding on the front with <laughs> 150k to go at like threshold just was to stay. Was that year on year where he, he complained at the Peloton for being... No, that was 2018. Oh, that was 2018. Yeah. So that yeah. was that 2015 was that first week where like, the first attack would go be one or two riders. It was, and it was always potential crosswinds. You had the Roubaix uh, stage. Yeah. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was awful. Awful. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit like that today. Because it could have been crosswinds. i tell you what was interesting. Ineos Grenadiers were just so chilled out. Mm. Like, so chilled out. Never saw them once in the front. Jumbo Visma were just doing the classic hold one side of the road for, like, 60Ks in that whole final section, as were yeah. UAE. And Ineos Grenadiers were just chilling around. It's kind of... Well, there was impressive. a lot of talk at the front of the bunch, wasn't there? With De Klerk and various different other characters there. And they were all kind of... I don't know, they seemed to reach a kind of mutual arrangement that nothing was really going to happen on the run-in. But I think it shows where, where really Oscar and Adias are at now, though, doesn't it, really? Yeah. That they're not one of those teams that are even capable of Ooh. doing that or imposing themselves on the peloton. I don't think it's a case of they chose to. I think it's just... They don't have the right to. They or Yeah, and they don't have the power to. Yeah, because I guess you could only have really two teams doing that. You could only have three teams doing it in the final. It's kind of one side of the road each. But, yeah, I think you're right, Pete. It's end of an era. Yes. Although they did rip up with Danny Martinez at the end as a little kind of pre-3K safety push. Yeah, they still d- like they did what they needed to do, yeah. but in terms yeah. of where they're at and who they are as a team now. Mm. Mm. We learned an interesting fact about Brittany and Hedgehogs today, didn't we, Ned? Well, David, yeah, before... <laughs> David David did his usual thing of just, just, before, just before commentary started, just before we got the live feed up. Uh, David just went missing. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. He wandered off into Ealing. <laughs> <laughs> Got a coffee. <laughs> Got a coffee. Oxfam bookshop. And then he, then he obviously he came back from the... Like, Oxfam bookshops have... Oh, sorry, Oxfam charity shops have amazing books collections. Amazing. And they have an Oxfam bookshop here yeah. in Ealing, which I love. So he came back... Pass them over. Yeah, he came back with four eclect- second-hand books. Eclect- very eclectic very mix. Very eclectic mix. Um, eclectic might be another word for your book, Pete. Yeah, that's a bit... I'm going to write it in now, actually, eclectic, while we're here. Yeah. So you're gonna have to spell it for me. Um, e C. You ready? Ready. E. E C. C. L E. E. C. C. T I C. And what does it mean? It means deriving ideas, style, or taste from a broad and diverse range of sources. So if you, for example, if you did a DJ set, Pete, where you had a little yeah. bit of folk, a little bit of gospel, a little bit of heavy metal, and then ended it with a, uh, a, a concerto, that would be super eclectic. That would be eclectic, super eclectic. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That would so be. Got you, you could argue, in a, if, to apply it to kind of Tour de France team, if you had just a random selection of like a climber, a sprinter, a time trial, with no sort of cohesive sense, and they're mm. all just firing off on all cylinders in different directions and never working as a team. Is They'd it impossible be to be? Can you be cohesive and eclectic? You well, could, that's, ooh, that's a if very you good. Could be eclectic and cohesive. You'd have the world at your. Feet, you'd be a master you? DJ. Yeah, because you'd yeah. have the best. When, of both when, when would you use the word eclectic in commentary? 
if you if you saw uh, oh i know i know what you could do so if you won uh, a time trial a sprint stage Wat a mountain not. stage Wat Wat not. Not. He's, he's eclectic he's, he's an eclectic an, racer oh, okay. yeah so you could when the maybe maybe when the podium ceremonies are on and you could just slip it in yeah so what an eclectic you know, tour de france Wat Van has had yeah yeah, yeah. As he's getting his his flowers and his yes, medal. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll never commentate at that point. But no, but you're doing the commentary <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> you will be when you replace yeah. us. Because yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Anyway, um, okay. so David brought. Uh, well, this one, David. Four Gospels, one, one, one Jesus. A book by Richard A. Burridge, and it's called Four Gospels, comma One Jesus. A symbolic mark. reading. Yeah. What well, I went. Think, why do you, well, I went to church with my mum on Sunday, <laughs> and I was kind of just fascinated <laughs> by the whole thing. I mean, what, I'm, the whole I'm, church I'm, thing. Well, I've been I've gone to church when I was going to Sunday school when I was a kid, and kind of always been into that, into it, and curious. And I thought, well, the Bible is the most popular book in history. Probably should <laughs> even even more it. popular than Racing Through the Dark. Even more popular and the road book. No yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. Can't yeah. Be. Fact. <laughs> so I figured it's classics. Yeah. They are. <laughs> <laughs> By every hotel bed. Um so I thought I'd I just saw this and I thought, oh well there you go. That's a bit of higher power stuff. I'll get that and read that. The Discovery of France by um which actually looks really good by Graham Robb. Graham Robb which I'm going to borrow once you've read yes. it. And I, I opened it before you started commentating. And literally the first thing I read was that in Brittany, in the 19th century, they used to, they were very suspicious and superstitious rather of hedgehogs. And they used to burn hedgehogs, <laughs> burn them at the stake to kill them because they believed that hedgehogs used to steal the milk from cows by suckling cows in the middle of the night. And also <laughs> they, hedgehogs used to eat ducks Two very important <laughs> things for the French. <laughs> that is yeah. insanity. How could a hedgehog eat a duck? Hey, do you know on the um, on the Bible quickly? Mind you, imagine if a duck ate a hedgehog and tried to swallow it whole. It oh yeah, oh, oh, that would hurt. Hedgehogs are designed to prevent that. Sorry, Pete. Go ahead. I no when when I used to go away when I was probably under fourteen, um, and like David said, you always get them in the, the bedside table in hotels. Uh, one night, I actually read like a bit of the Bible and then prayed for a good race the following day. And I think I won. And then that became like a tradition superstition that I had for about two years. No way. No way. So did you take yeah, your own Bible? Seriously. <laughs> or did you just rely on hotels and their bedside Bibles? No, no, they, they do that anymore. Anyway. Yeah. Don't, don't, I don't think they do. They don't. Very rarely. Sometimes that used to be used regular. To yeah, it did. They probably like, have a picture, don't they? A barcode on the bedside table where you take yeah, a photo. QR code. And <laughs> it, QR code. Scan it all. <laughs> Old Testament, please. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. That's good. You should get back into that, Pete. That's amazing. It's a nice little Maybe. ritual to have. Atomic habit. Can you remember which bit of the Bible you read? Like, because it's a big book. No. You can't remember what no, it was I about? Remember. I think it was uh, New Testament. Yeah, Any New key Testament. characters? Old Testament's too funky. It wouldn't help you in a bite race at all. It's just stuff no, about like personal, random. personal hygiene and you know treating women as slaves yeah. and things like that. Yeah. And my dad always used to say, oh, the New Testament's definitely true. And I was like, all right. Well, it's <laughs> a thread of truth in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's truth in there. These are real bit, life people. It's a bit truer than the Old Testament, which is a bit less true. Yeah. That's why I had to write the New uh, Testament. <laughs> theology corner in Talking The Bible, too. <laughs> talking about theology, David has also, this is a bit more controversial, David has brought perfect questions, perfect answers. Essentially, this is a, a, a Harry Krishna book. Yeah, I just saw that as well. I thought, well, I don't know. 
Well, I'll read it. A search for meaning carries a young American Peace Corps worker halfway around the world to an ancient city in the midst of West Bengal. There, in a small bamboo house in the holy land of Mayapur, he finds himself at the feet of one of India's greatest saintly, saintly teachers, a teacher who seems able to tell him anything he ever wanted to know. Now, let's just wait. I've, I was very rushed and by my books here, so just... Remember that voice note I sent when I was in a bookshop with Axel about the, oh, yeah. the books that I used to buy? David, you're not going down that path again on the whole spiritual self help, self spiritual self help books. Yeah. No, you, it's just touching on it. No, well, I'm probably not going to read. I'll dip into this one just to see what it's about. Um, but it's more just I'm meditating daily at the moment, so I was just interested in these different things. How long are you meditating for? I might try uh, and get back into that. Fifteen minutes in the morning and about the same in the evening. Hmm. Yeah, chapeau. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, it's easy are you that. getting the hang of it? I am. Yeah. Love it. It goes by really quickly now. Kind of time speeds up and slows down. It's really good. I find it very useful. Yeah. And finally, the 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 Bhagavad Gita. That's quite a kind of seminal text. I yeah, it is. Um, I've heard the supreme mystery yoga from Krishna, from the Lord of Yoga himself. Uh, it's a it's a it's a Sanskrit epic poem, isn't it? There you go. And um, yeah, yeah, so that's probably going to be better than perfect questions, perfect answers. But there were the only two of that vein in the uh, Oxford Bookshop. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, there yeah. you go. That's where I'm at at the moment. Yeah. Going a little bit beyond Wacky. consciousness stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Right. it. Thanks, Pete. Hey, yeah. we're looking at, um, we're looking at he- helicopter shots that are still being broadcast of Fontainebleau, which is where the race finished today. It's mental. It is absolutely, it's like Versailles, only far more human in scale and kind of, I mean, it's, you know, it's vast, vast. But, um, but it's kind of beautiful. Yeah. I visited it as a kid because my parents used to take me uh, uh, to those sort of places. Yeah. I, I, I just kind of hated them when mm. I was a kid. I hate being taken around stately homes and things like that, but we did a few when I was a kid. Used to do that and now, of, of course, I'm quite into it. Yeah, well, we love it now. We love it now. Churches and cathedrals but and stuff. Do you, know what I, do you know what I sort of found out about Fontainebleau, David? No. Is that, and I never really thought about this. I, it was, as I said in commentary, I managed to get this bit in commentary. Mm-hmm. It was originally a medieval palace that was built there as a hunting lodge for the successive French monarchs. But then in the 16th century, the mid-1500s, it was that Renaissance palace mm. started to be built and was built successively over many decades afterwards. But all the inspiration for the architecture and for the way it was decorated inside with frescoes and lots of murals and long galleries was actually imported from northern Italy, from Bologna, from Florence and places yeah. like that. And, and like all the people, all the artists who kind of worked on creating it. And it was the ultimate expression of Renaissance. But Renaissance, even though it's a French word, hadn't actually come to France until Fontainebleau was built. But it was essentially a, a whole Italian idea. That would be around the time then when, because... Um, uh, Catherine and Medici? No. Um, oh, Christ, God, I've forgotten. Mona Lisa painter. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah, that guy. Because yeah. uh, he died in France, <laughs> didn't he? He spent his last 10 years of his life. Didn't know that. Yeah, he did. That's where the Mona Lisa is last. That's why it's in France. Didn't know that. Because it was in his... He was looked after by a duke in France. And we went by the Tour de France a couple of years ago. Okay. Yeah. All yeah, I know about United Leonardo da Vinci is the, same time. the Sultan, the Ottoman Sultan in, um, in, in, Constant, in, sorry, not Constant, in Istanbul, commissioned him to, to um, design a bridge over the Bosphorus. Oh, yeah, and never got made, did Couldn't it? do it. Yeah. Couldn't do it. He said it can't be done. And yeah. then Michelangelo tried and actually built half of a bridge that got washed away. Huh. Good old. There you go. Yeah. 
Anyway. Um, and his house was close to where we used to live in Corata. Uh, yeah, it was. He used to go there, didn't he? On top Vinci, of Vinci. He used to yeah. ride by Da Vinci, through Da Vinci. Vinci was the climb that yeah. we used to go up all yeah. the time. Near San, really close to San Bronto. Well, it's over the top of San Bronto, and then you drop down. Yeah, Vinci. yeah, I remember that. Vinci. Vinci. Do you miss Italy, Pete? Oh, I miss it so much. I think about the academy days all the time. Do you? Honestly, yeah. Halcyon so days. Yeah. Best, best years of your life? Yeah. To date. To date. Yeah. Or is that cycling years? Is that rose-tinted slightly? Rose-tinted for sure. Yeah. The simplicity of life. It's the simplicity of life, yeah. Yeah. Training camp, I have that kind of, that sort of nostalgia for training camps now. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember the bad training camps. I only remember the good training camps <laughs> when you were in the zone and you were loving it and life was so simple. Just yeah. naps. Getting up you only remember fit. the you only remember the good times. Yeah, after, after all the trauma's gone, <laughs> or just <laughs> 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 good old bike racing. Look at Ned. What are you thinking? I'm thinking about what well, I'm trying to imagine what it was like for Pete back then and how how you sort of saw when you thought. Did you think about the future, or do were you just enjoying the present so much that you know, that you thought the future would just take care of itself? Because every single yeah. day was just an adventure, so you might as well just not think about the future. I, yeah, not. I didn't really think about the future too much. Obviously, you had the dream of turning pro, which was always just a dream. It was never. I never thought, oh, this is definitely going to happen. Because mm. it's not like we were winning loads of races. You know, you'd win one, two a year, two a year max. Yeah. But I just had a thought this morning when I was take. I just dropped the kids off to school and I went for a little walk, and I don't know why. I thought about the last climb up before you drop down into Corata, mm. and I just had this memory of finishing the ride and when you just you go over it and then you just roll down to your house and it's like complete serenity is that the mm. right word yeah that'd be the right word serenity and he just like mm. serenity yeah he just like oh i don't know complete yeah i have weird flashbacks of that of bike rides i went through a phase a few months ago of watching people out riding their bikes and seeing pros all the time and just looking at them with nostalgia and go oh how simple were those times Whereas when you're in it, it's like, how hard are these times? <laughs> yeah. You kind of just want to stop every single one of them and go, this is good, enjoy this. And this you probably look at everybody who's not doing that and thinking how simple their lives are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And actually, That's my whole picnic yeah. syndrome I get yeah, at the Tour de yeah. France. These people don't know anything. Look, they just live in bliss all the time. Yeah. Every day's a holiday for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. God. yeah that's, what, that's, oh, that's so true, isn't it? Mm. You have no idea what's going on in their lives. All you see is them sat there having their picnic <laughs> while yeah. you're on a Brompton sweating your head off trying to get to the finish. Yeah, or even better, bike races, <laughs> yeah. like the final week of the Tour de France where you're just tired and it's like you're in the bunch and you're just seeing people in fields having a picnic. Hey, Pete, yeah. da- David came up with a great idea yesterday mm. um, about, uh, well, actually, if they, ha- if they want to come and sponsor the podcast, they'd be very welcome to as well. But um, we were thinking that Jayco, yeah. Jayco Alula, might mm-hmm. might want to get involved with us, us three. Because Jayco is like the biggest kind of uh, mobile home kind of h- company oh, and holiday company in Australia. I, did, I didn't realise that. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. if they wanted to kit us, if Jayco, let's make a direct appeal. Jayco. And uh, can our can here. our can our listeners get online and find their official Twitter and just you know really ramp up the messaging yeah. to Jayco? Yeah, or, yeah. or to be honest with you, even if um, it's not Jayco, any mobile home well, supplier. Stop, I don't know if that, that's not going to sit well with Jayco. I think we need to offer well, them an exclusive it's first. It's a bit of competition. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tender it. What, We're tendering what, it out. Sorry, what's a, this is a great idea, but what's the idea behind the idea? For us to what go on to get, get a motorhome. 
for the tour. Oh, and just oh, well, we could do it or or we could or go and do events like go to Italy. Oh, Remember you were saying on yeah, yeah for the podcast, go and do kind of yeah. some of the Italian races from from where, a camping <coughs> car. Where would you keep Tuscany? the motor motorhome? Drona. Like have like a NSF <laughs> service course. In Belgium, somewhere miserable. Yeah, it would have, yeah. have to be miserable, <laughs> wouldn't it? Always have to yeah, return it to some garage near outside Mechelen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah like dingy warehouse. Yeah. Mechelen, that's where the it. Sky one was. Charleroi or something, you know. Is that yeah. right, Mechelen? Oh, Charleroi, that's yeah. bleak. Charleroi. Yeah, that would be perfect. Charleroi. Yeah, Charleroi. Charleroi. So, yeah, so if there's anybody out there that knows I mean, good uh, equally, if, home um, company. if Jayco just want to stump up a bit of cash, just... just oh, we could rent it. You know... In fact, retrospe- retrospectively, since we've mentioned them about 15 times in this podcast, mm. I don't know, they might want to just chuck us a couple hundred quid for that. Yeah. That's true. Um, uh, talking, talking of which, um, we, need to, we need to hear this now, don't we? Oh, yes. Let's go. Well, I'm happy to report that I'm now a good month or so into my daily AG1 habits. Every morning starts with a level spoonful of Athletic Greens powder mixed with a flamboyant flourish of a teaspoon in a glass. And then it's down the hatch with the smug sense that I've done myself a favour, which self-evidently I have. 75 vitamins and minerals all sourced from Whole Foods. It's got the lot. If I leave home forgetfully or in a rush without reaching into the sleek green jar provided and scooping AG1 out, then I get into a sort of panic and have been known to run back from the train station to put right the error and start the day again. While it would be wrong to make any unevidenced scientific claims about how I feel these days, I can only say this, I'm feeling extremely well. You two can join me, Pete and David on our journey by taking advantage of AG1's special offer to Never Strays Far listeners. Just click on the link in the show notes to get your subscription up with a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 plus five travel packs of AG1. Now back to whatever ill-informed nonsense we were indulging in before this break. Oh, and I should have said, and I'm having to record this on my iPhone because I forgot to mention it, uh, you should just go to athleticgreens.com forward slash never strays far to take advantage of the offer and we'll put the link in the show notes any other business pete i don't know if there is i mean should we talk a bit more about paris nice should we talk about tirreno adriatico who won the individual oh so yes yeah, so it's following tirreno and it's when we left down, off yeah and there were uh, ice balls <laughs> Yeah, Carlton. <laughs> we were listening to Carlton, Carlton I commentating. Was as well. and, and it started hailing with one of the riders on the start ramp, didn't it? Yeah. And he went, it's, it's quite funny. Balls of ice. Balls of ice. <laughs> and, oh my you God. Hear the one that I've never heard it before. You guys might have. Three, two, one, Vlasov. Oh, oh, oh really yeah, I, love oh, it. I like it. That's actually pretty good, isn't it? It's really good. <laughs> I like that. That was like a Rob Hatch in Stradabianchi. He said, Fantastiche. For Fantastiche Benut. <laughs> oh, oh, don't. You're undermining my confidence now. Because oh, you did some good I've, I've just had it. a really bad day commentating. No, you did a great that's description. Good, no, it's very nice to you to be collaborative with me, but that's I had a terrible day commentating today. The last thing I want to hear is my my colleagues and friends, Carlton and Rob, coming up with belting lines. Fantastic. Like, fantastic. Benotes. Oh, it's good, isn't it? And he was being, because he waited until he was being fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. He wasn't, though. He's fantastic fifth or something, wasn't he? Yeah, he was Fantastic fifth. Well. Yeah, Yumba Puzma. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Attila Valta uh, you, you know the um, going back to Stradibianchi he was the other Jumbo Visma rider and who wasn't working very well yes. with um, Tish Benoit and was overestimated the Hungarian national champion Hungarian national champion Attila Valta two things to say about him great one name one is 
do you remember in Yorkshire 2019, he was the guy who did the amazing uh, splashy slide through the... Oh, was that him? Yeah. That oh, was Attila nice. Valter running the, the junior, junior yeah. time trial. Um, second, oh, yeah. Second thing is, his... his um, Attila Valter. Attila is his first name. Mm-hmm. Valter is his second name. Yes. Yeah. But Attila... <laughs> What's his middle name? No, but I'm trying to remember. But actually, Hungarians flip that round. So his... They Attila. they call him Walter Attila. Walter Attila. Because so many people are called Attila. Oh, really? That it's kind of like, it doesn't help you identify them at all. It's like in Catalina, it's like everybody being called John. Yeah. So you don't bother, you kind of like add it just because it's a given at the end. So mm. actually, if you're going to identify, it's Walter is the important bit and Attila is just taken. So it's Miller Attila. David. You'd be Miller David and Kenick Beat. Nice. Yeah. I think mm. I prefer On the entry the forms, it's always like that on the bulletins that you have to send to race organisers. Mm. Yeah, it is, isn't and it? And it's, I honestly just... Put put the names in wrong every time, and then have to go back and do it all over again. And I've done about five of them now. <laughs> What's your least favourite part of the job, Pete? Um, don't know actually. Probably just the sheer amount of people you have to speak to all the time. Mm. And that's and your training, so you're managing and of, training people. Yeah, it's a lot of different people to talk to on a daily basis, who who all require different attention. Obviously, you the coaching side is really hot. And, you know, I tell you what actually makes it hard is when you're on the road a lot and you only come back home for... So I was home for three days last time after yeah. two and a half weeks. This time's been better. I was home for six days. But that's what, what makes it hard is you're home then and that's your time with your family. And it's managing the expectations of mm. of the riders and your job as well as having your downtime and your own sort of mental... Uh, you know time to relax and switch off it's can be quite difficult we were actually saying today um that uae could do with pete kenya yeah we did we put Genuinely. you in the frame for uae what like in, it, as a as a as a Di- racer or uh, just yes general kind oh, yeah. of discipline of organization yeah like they shouldn't be having for starters getting the pj from strada bianchi would have been an obvious oh, yeah. number two how the hell do they go through a winter without tt bikes yeah. they can't just go blaming that shimano and that did they yeah, that's what they're yeah. saying. Oh, we haven't had TT bikes to train on all winter because Shimano delayed in getting us all the parts. And you think, well, hang on a second. Yeah. You're UAE. Yeah. It's like you're supposed to kind of, what about last year's bikes? Do you telling me you did go and just flog all those off immediately? So someone's, n- someone's not all over it, are they? No. You would be. You'd, you'd be, be, you'd be I, straight I'd, onto I'd Shimano, cracking the whip. I'd be, over, I'd be overseeing everything. Yeah. yeah. Nothing right. would slip the net with me there, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. And so thanks for thanks for the training feedback today, Pete. As oh yeah, well. yeah. I oh, said, "Go on, what were your yeah. numbers that you shared with us on WhatsApp?" Well, they were t- kind of well. Ratings. I didn't understand. It's training peaks. What are the three scores? ATL, oh, it's like ATL, TSS, TSS, and form. One? form. Yeah, something else. Form, but it's just based on. It's but there's no as you said there's no accumulated <laughs> knowledge because I've only been training for ten days <laughs> and I've completely o- and I've completely overreached myself <laughs> so Pete, it's kind of Pete, the algorithm's not working. Pete, he came in bouncing yesterday, um, right, really pleased with himself because he'd ridden from Chelsea to Ealing on an electric line bike. <laughs> yeah, but then okay. I got my then I got my chapter three Brompton and then rode. They're that heavy back. them things, aren't they? The electric bikes not, are not hugely when, heavy. Not when you fr- press battery go, they're not particularly heavy. Well, they oh. they they get you up to speed, and then you have to kind of that work take harder. take yeah. it higher yourself. Yeah. But I did thirty eight k's in London yesterday. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. Thanks for the kudos, guys. Yeah, that's great. Um, 
So on your DS's, on your very busy life that you have, Pete, because you're travelling again tomorrow, yesterday you said, Ned, that's definitely on my to-do list. And I'm just, checking, oh. I'm just checking my emails and don't seem to have any further information about Portugal. So, so this is this is about um, this work, is home life balance. So because i yeah. am um, obviously only got one more day at home, that takes priority. So I'm traveling tomorrow. I've got a couple of hours in the airport. Uh, that'll be um, when that'll I'm going to get onto that. Flood of information. I've got to that. organize Mark Christian coming over as well because he's going to do some races for Trinity. Um, so yeah, they're all, it's, it's there. Yeah. It's just prioritizing for me at the moment, <laughs> family life. Mm. That's, that's all right how does podcasting fit into your home work-life balance where does that fit in well that fits in Pod- uh, i'll tell you how um i had to watch pyrenees so i knew what i was talking about yeah. which meant i couldn't do the school run on my last day at home oh, um, oh. and now oh. i'm also bad, yeah. podcasting where yeah when the kids have just got home so oh no, i feel uh, bad should yeah. we let them go yeah <laughs> no i'm joking Genuine. no no no, no, no that is but it's 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 balance isn't it so so what are you doing? Podcasting so are we going to be able to? No, you, my work and we probably won't be able to talk to you tomorrow, will we? Because you'll be somewhere yeah. random. Um, <laughs> well, it depends if if you want to wait for me, then I'm, I can do it when I get to the hotel. I land at half five. All right, we'll do it later. Yeah, do it later. That's fine. Do it a bit later. Do it in the evening. Uh, yeah, maybe. I'll have to, I'll have to, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do that. Do it, do it a bit later. Yeah, yeah. We, we might as well. It. It's not yeah. going to be that late. Perfect. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, good. Team time trial day tomorrow. David's excited. Oh already. yeah, yeah. yeah they're gonna oh, put him in studio tomorrow post race. I'm gonna tease. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get him to talk about Garmin 2009 on air in the commentary. You Would have you? to. Yeah, I'm gonna tee it up. Thank you. So that there's, you can't possibly get out of it. But uh, we're not gonna have enough time. No, I'll find a way. No, but I'm not gonna have enough time to tell the story. <laughs> not, on the, not on the highlights. <laughs> <laughs> who would you been? Who would you have been leading out for the line tomorrow? If um, your GC Bradley Wiggins. No, he hated. Was he the team? Was he the GC like guy on two thousand nine? Yeah, two thousand nine or Christian Van. Oh, Bell. so it would have been deft turns for him, and he would have yeah. done a last five hundred meters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but my right. point of that is like what I was talking about yesterday or the day before. It doesn't really change anything, does it? Change until okay to go because there's no way to go faster than no. have the five guys. <laughs> rotating yeah. but so i think i think the i think tomorrow i think you're right but i think there's going to be one or two teams who are going to make an awful mess of it by trying something expansive tactically and it's going to backfire oh God, I, I hope so i think it'd be quite funny i think coffee this will do something random yeah <laughs> or Maybe. ef or total energy yeah pierre pierre just, unle- just unleash pierre unleash but he's crashed pierre. he crashed today he crashed so uh, not gonna happen we'll see Oh, that was horrible, that sprint finish today, wasn't it? Well, Still sweating now. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. That was 70 kilometres an hour. Wide road straight. Na- 90 kilometres per hour did, at one point. Did they? Oof. Yeah. I didn't notice that. I was too focused on the people. Eurosport yeah. noticed it. Oh, God damn you. Cheers, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See ya. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>